The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. We're actually in the midst of celebrating our 57th anniversary. Yes, 57 years of teaching people how to live healthy, happy, and prosperous lives. And... We have a powerful program. If you're in the Chicagoland area, make sure you stop by from 10 at 10:30 a.m. to 12 noon on Sundays and come enjoy the service. We are celebrating the theme standing on the principles, living in the promise, and Reverend Wells is preaching with some of the pillars of the Christ Universal Temple community. Last week it was Reverend Dr. Helen Carey. This week it'll be Reverend Frederick Randall. The week after that, Reverend Evelyn Boyd. They're going to be doing tag team preaching with Reverend Wells, and the lesson sermons will be based or are based on the what we believe statements by the Universal Foundation for Better Living. Check us out online at www.cutemple.org. That's www.cutemple.org, C-U-T-E-M-P-L-E.org. And you can watch the live stream at the 1030 a.m. to 12 noon service at that website. We're in the midst of a powerful series uh, titled Discover the Power Within You, which is based upon the book, Discover the Power Within You by Eric Butterworth. I'm teaching it basically chapter by chapter, and we're somewhere almost basically in the middle of the book now. We're on chapter 9, The Forgotten Art of Prayer. And I've been requesting that everyone who is following along with this series actually purchase the book or get the book one way or another. Get the book. If you're online, it's a way for you to get this book, obviously. So make sure you order it, do what you need to do to get it, because I want you to read the chapters before I actually teach the chapters. You also have the opportunity to call in and ask me questions. Uh, you can call in to 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. I want to hear from you. I want to make sure that, you know, you all are getting it. Some of you all are sending 
messages to my Facebook page, Truth Transformed, with Reverend Galen McDowell, and I appreciate that. I actually got a nice gift from a, a person who listens to the show from Australia. So if you're out there listening, thank you. I appreciate that and the kind words in the letter. Now, moving on to the actual um, book, page 106. Eric Butterworth starts by stating a study of all the prayer practices within the Christian family of denominations is interesting and revealing. It is also a commentary on how far traditional Christianity is stray from the teachings of Jesus. We find prayers of flattery, expecting a vain God to be moved by praise. There are prayers of pleading and supplication for coaxing a miracle from a reluctant God. There are prayers of vain repetition, where the asker hopes that if he prays long and loudly enough, an apparently inattentive God may hear and respond. It is amazing that so few have really understood or paid heed to the new technique of prayer that Jesus brought to the world. Let me just stop here for a moment. What he's basically talking about is we many times approach God as if God was a superhuman type being that, okay, well, if we flatter people and we get things out of them, then maybe if we'll flatter God by using all of these big words and and eloquent statements that that'll make God react quicker. Or if we, you know, plead and supplicate and, and beg, then maybe God will feel sorry and do something for us that God wasn't going to do. Or we have these beliefs that, you know, obviously if we just keep praying long and loud and over and over again, that, you know, hopefully God will respond to our pleas. And those things have nothing necessarily to do with the transformation of your consciousness. And that's what Jesus was talking about. We have these concepts of God that are not serving us. So when people say, hey, I've been praying, okay, but what do you mean by prayer? What do you mean by prayer? All right. Eric Butterworth states on that same page, he said, this is the key to understanding prayer and the prayer idea that Jesus outlines. Prayer does not deal with a capricious God. It is a technique for achieving unity with God and his limitless life, substance, and intelligence. And then he wrote, and I think this is definitely a highlighter. Uh, In other words, highlight these points if you have the book. Prayer is not something we do to God, but to ourselves. It is not a position, but a disposition. It is not flattery, but a sense of oneness. It is not asking, but knowing. It is not words, but feeling. It is not will, but willingness. Now think about that for a moment. Prayer is not something we do to God or even we ask from God, but something what that we're doing to ourselves. It's not a position, but a disposition. In other words, this is where we're coming from. It's not flattery, but a sense of oneness. In other words, we're we're creating a unity in consciousness with the good we say we desire. It's not an asking, but knowing. See, there's a big difference from thinking you can or or asking about something and knowing that you that you're already one with your source, already knowing that you are one with your good, already knowing that this thing is mine, already knowing that the healing is mine. So you can't fake knowing. You just can't fake it. You have to work with it till till it's concrete in your soul in the sense that when the shift happens, your perspective changes. How you view a thing changes. How it occurs to you changes. It's a paradigm shift. It's a new world blossoming. So he goes on to say, in the book, which I think is really, really powerful. He says, 
Man's dilemma, this is page 107, is that he has become trapped in a religion of propositional theology. His attitudes about God and life and prayer have been cut and dried and bound into neat little packages. But you can't cut and dry truth without it ceasing to live as truth. He says prayer became becomes a sacramental ritual that is performed by professionals or it is the experience of reading prayers from a book. In other words, we have allowed people to do the thinking for us or do the praying for us. Pray with me. I can't pray for myself. In other words, you know, one of the things that we say to people when they call the Christ Universal Temple 24 hour prayer line. And yes, we have a 24 hour prayer line, uh, seven, seven, three, five, six, eight, one, seven, one, seven. I believe it is when a prayer minister answers the phone. What they say is, you know, after they say who they are, not their names, you know, thank you for calling the prayer ministry. How may we pray with you? We don't say for you. How may we pray with you? Because we never disempower the individual. We only stand with you with what you are praying with for yourself. Don't ask us, why should I pray for something for you that you're unwilling to pray for for yourself? I can pray with you, not for you. The people who sought out Jesus and the Bible and the prophets and whatever for healings and what we call miracles and all of that stuff, it was something that they desired. They had in mind, you don't travel to go see someone unless you think it's possible, unless it's something you really want, unless it's burning in your soul. It's something that you are seeking strongly. This is why many times Jesus would ask people, do you want to be healed? Do you believe you can be healed? Why? Why is that necessary? Do you want to see? Why is that necessary? Because the person that's praying with you has to be in mental agreement with what you say you desire. How can I go with you and I don't know where you're going? How can I agree with you and I don't know what I'm agreeing to? How may we pray with you? So anytime somebody comes up to me and says, uh, Reverend, would you pray for me? I say, I'll pray with you. Why is that important? Because it's conditioning people not to disempower themselves with their conversation. It's really important that you get this point. That whether you're calling silent unity or you're calling Christ Universal Temple's prayer line or any churches or religious organizations prayer line or being counseled by a minister or stopping in church to talk with a minister or a practitioner that you always have the power within you to transform your life. And we are agreeing with you in consciousness. Now, obviously a person who is working from a high level of consciousness gets many times results that you that might seem miraculous to you but again Jesus couldn't even heal people in his own hometown of Nazareth it said that's why we um have the statement from the bible which was which is attributed to Jesus a prophet is without honor in his own country because he went home and they were like hey that's Mary's baby that's Mary's boy that's that's Joseph's son they didn't see him as the space that allowed healing to happen. All right, so the book goes on and says, quoting Jesus, take heed that ye do not take heed that ye do not your righteousness do not your righteousness before men, this King James English, to be seen of them, else ye have no reward with your father who is in heaven. When therefore thou doest alms, sound not a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have received their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy right hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father who sees in secret shall recompense thee. 
And when ye pray, ye shall not be as the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily, verily, I say unto you, they have received their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thine inner chamber, and having shut the door, pray to the Father who is in secret, and the Father who seeth in secret shall recompense thee. Now, that was a lot of words and a lot of scripture in old English, but I'm trying to read it from the book, not out of my modern, up-to-date, uh, New Revised Standard Version Bible I use. But anyway, so Eric Butterworth wrote after that scripture, Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 6, man is a thinking being, and the mind is the connecting link between God and man. Jesus is saying that prayer is not a matter of words or out of forms. It is a matter of consciousness, of concentrated, rightly directed, spiritually oriented, positive thinking. Now, I wrote on the side of that paragraph in the column, what is prayer? Because when I, every time I open this book, I see that question, what is prayer? And I look right over it is a matter of consciousness, of concentrated, rightly directly, directed, spiritually oriented, positive thinking. See, we know what that does is it shifts in our mind. When you see, when you actually write that in your book and then you open it and you're reading it and you see it, it'll stand out and you'll start saying, OK, let me work with this. Let me play with this. I'm a thinking being. My mind is the connecting link between my divinity and my human experience. Because that's when it says to connect the link between God and man, is to connect the link between your divinity and your human experience. He goes on to say, when Jesus said the Father who sees sees and who is in secret, who is in secret and who seeth in secret, he means that the divine law is a non material force that cannot be seen. You cannot see the wind, but you see the rustle of the leaves. You know the wind is blowing. You cannot see God, but you see the life of God in that which is living. You see the love of God in him who is loving. You see the wisdom of God in the intelligence of man, and I would add, in the intelligence of life. All right? It was in this sense that Jesus said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. In other words, when you see me, you see the qualities of God expressed. That's how it works. All right. So it's important that we recognize that prayer is not begging, pleading, supplication, making a deal, and all this other stuff that we made up. Prayer is a transformation. It's a shift. In consciousness, it is concentrated, rightly, rightly directed, spiritually oriented, positive thinking. That's one way of looking at it. There's many other ways of defining prayer. As we go, you know, deeper, there, you know, meditation, sitting in the silence, things of that nature. As you drill down in the prayer, it's, it's, it's multi-leveled. So it's important, as, as as obviously we'll continue talking about in this show, that we reevaluate how we view prayer, and not only reevaluate what we think of prayer, but reevaluate our prayer life. Because it's one thing to know that prayer can transform your experience, because it transforms you. It's another thing to pray. Pray from the mindset of a concentrated, rightly directed, spiritually oriented, positive thinking. Or pray from the standpoint of be still and know that I am God. Or pray from the standpoint of he who dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Or pray from the understanding that, you know, that uh, when you pray, believe that you have received it and it shall be yours. See, it's a shift that's happening. Praying from the standpoint of faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Praying from the standpoint that uh, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So let us take our first break. I want you to think about that and during the commercial break, and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. 
If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you'll give your support so others may be inspired too. This online radio network depends on the love offerings of listeners to continue operating and expand its outreach. Please visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you. We are all on the journey together, making sense of this life, finding our spirituality, growing and evolving. As we travel through this world, Unity Magazine is your resource for gaining a deeper understanding of life. Unity Magazine is on the forefront of spiritual discovery, with articles and features from leading authors, teachers, and philosophers. Stimulate your thinking and strengthen your spirituality with Unity Magazine. Sample a free trial issue or subscribe today at unitymagazine.org. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges, and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. We are in the midst of uh, working with the book, Discover the Power Within You by Eric Butterworth. As I stated at the beginning of the show and during every show, I want to make sure that you actually have the book. Make sure you get the book, Discover the Power by Eric Butterworth. We're about halfway through the book right now, so we'll be working with it for a little while. Also, if you want to call in and ask me a question during the show, you can call in to 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. I would love to hear from you. You know, see, uh, you know, just to hear how it's processing for uh, for you. Anyway, moving right along. The book goes on to talk about, you know, one of the other word things that we work with. Page one hundred nine. He says, when we think that only a miracle can save us and turn prayer into that consciousness, we limit the power of our prayer. No miracle is needed to bring health or guidance or prosperity into our frustrated lives because they are the very nature of God and the plan for his ideal creation, man. And that is the great secret. And then he he talks about Jesus's use of the word hypocrite and, you know, and how um, that's interpreted. And on page 110, he states, Jesus is saying, make no parade of your religion. The father and you knows you better than you know yourself. He doesn't want a pretender, a play actor. He wants you. Your prayer is not to impress him or anyone else. Your prayer is to lift your consciousness to the point where you may be impressed by his spirit. Now, uh, I would, I'm going to restate that. I would say it this way, that you can't fool yourself. And when you are out of alignment with the truth of who you really are in God, it's going to show up in your experience. Therefore, your prayer is to lift your consciousness so you may be may become aware of your true spiritual nature. See, there's not a God in you and God in you is like a raisin in the bun, which Eric Butterworth talks about in this very book. So the imp- the spirit that's being impressed upon you is your real spiritual nature. 
It's, impre- it's the spirit of you impressing upon the soul of you to express through the physical you. Now, moving on. The book said, states on, on the bottom of page 110, Jesus said, ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which is found in John chapter 6, verses 26 and 27. And he goes on to say, we must work to alter the concept of God as the answer man, the super doctor, the divine warehouse, and the concept of God as the, as the great spiritual slot machine. Remember, God is spirit, and they that worship must worship in spirit and in truth. And he has an excellent point, and then I'm going to pick it up from there. Often someone may say, I haven't prayed much lately because I've had no problems to pray about. See, a lot of the issues that we go through would not even evolve into what we call problems if we were doing true and proper prayer and meditation on the front end, which will be guiding our experience and creating um, new causes for new effects. Also, prayer is about realizing your oneness with God. It's communion with God. Therefore, it's not just, okay, God, I got this problem. Help me deal with it. Because if that's what we think we go to God for, then we're missing out on the communion that will allow us to live life at a higher level. Because there are certain things that happen at higher levels of consciousness that automatically pull in and draw your good to you seemingly on automatic, where you're just kind of saying it and it's done, thinking it and it appears. Not even thinking about it, but because it's your state of being, it shows up to meet you, the, the, the consciousness that knows that it's one with its source. So my question would be this. Are you praying just to pray? Are you praying about people and about situations instead of being the space that realizes the truth about you, about life? And this experience, you know, you know, praying, for instance, that, you know, you know, the U.S. government can get back to work and supporting its people. Things as simple as that. Having a knowing, a knowing. Praying for divine order and hope is not just in your experience, but in the experience of others. And I'm using four in that sense, meaning that obviously this is no one that's requested, but putting your positive, intentional thought into an experience. Again, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Lifted up in what? Consciousness. You know, traditionally, they just thought lifted up just meant Jesus hanging on a cross. But lifted up in consciousness. All right. Moving on. Page 112. Jesus talks a lot about vain repetition in this. I mean, Butterworth talks about Jesus talking about vain repetition. You can read some of that on your own again. Not reading the book to you per se. Just kind of hit some highlight points so we can um, give you an overview. That's why you're getting the book and reading the chapter for yourself. He says, talking about prayer, he says this. If you own the mountain cabinet, Excuse me. If you owned a mountain cabin and wanted to make it fresh and habitable after a long winter, would you have to induce the air to enter the doors or plead with the light to stream in the windows? No. The moment you open the doors and windows, the wind and sunshine would surge in on their own accord. 
This is a good picture of God's relation to our lives. Prayer is simply opening our lives that we may receive what God has been trying to bestow, conditioning our lives with God. So in other words, prayer is opening, quote unquote, the door of the soul, of the consciousness, of the awareness of being to what already is there. You don't have to force God to bless you. Open up your mind. You know, Reverend Coleman's uh, book on spiritual healing is titled Open Your Mind and Be Healed. Open Your Mind and Be Healed. I love that title. Open Your Mind and Be Healed. Catherine Ponda had a, a couple of books where she used the word open. Open Your Mind to Prosperity. That's one, which is... a Masterpiece, by the way, a uh, really good, concise book on prosperity. Uh, she had another book called Open, Open Your Mind to Receive. In other words, am I open to my good? Or am I functioning in life with a closed mind that already knows what's possible for me and for others? Without the ability to open yourself up to the possibility of God's blessings in your life, then you will limit your life to what you can produce with your thinking alone, with your intellect, with your beliefs, with your conditioning, with your traditions, with your culture, with with your race and gender and nationality, believe your age, you know, Etc. Just the the human stuff. Instead of realizing that what's actually really happening is I am only shifting my consciousness when I pray so I can open myself up to the abundant blessings of God. I'm opening myself up. I'm allowing myself to be a conduit for the creativity of God to flow. You know, when we see any act of creativity, we're seeing the intelligence and creativity of God flowing through a conduit that's allowing it. That's how a painting is is made. That's how a sermon is written. That's how a book or screenplay is written or a movie is made. Our music is composed. It's the creativity of God showing up. You know, some musicians say the the music is coming out so fast they can barely get it out to write the notes. Some people write me, write music. And when I, and I'm using the word write in quotation marks because they can't read and write music, but the creativity of the sound comes through. I remember hearing a story about the great singer and musician James Brown telling one of his bands that he wanted the horn to sound like it was in his head. And the horn player told him there is no sound like that. And James Brown, who was not a horn player, a professional player, he knew how to play a lot of instruments, but not great, picked up the horn and played it the way it sounded in his mind. And then he got rid of the horn player. Because he heard it in his head. It was the creativity of God showing up in the moment. We have to open ourselves up to that. The horn player knew what the horn, in his mind, knew what the horn could and couldn't do. James Brown said, no. I know what it can do beyond what you say it can do. So when you hear a great musician taking the instrument beyond what the world says is possible. You look at uh, Jimi Hendrix, who did things with a guitar that nobody ever did before, and most can duplicate now. Why was he able to do that? Because he was open to God as the ability to play guitar. So you got to look at it from a different point of view. Being the conduit for it to show up. 
and you allow it to flow through you through your surrendering to the process, being one with it, becoming intimate with the idea, with the creativity, with the power, with the healing, with the prosperity, with the peace of mind, with the divine order, with the guidance, whatever it is. You got to spend time with it. This is one of the the reasons why we have to have a prayer life because you have to to know the things of spirit. You got to spend time with your spiritual nature. How can you know the ways of God and you don't spend time with God? And I don't mean spend time with God like God is not. I'm not present because God is everywhere equally present. God is in you, through you, in you, as you. Yes, but your awareness is not spending time with it. There are people who can tell you everything that happens on the radio or with their favorite celebrity or TV star or whatever. Tell you what happens with soap opera people or TV shows, you know, you know, the, the, you know, the, the show scandal almost breaks Facebook and Twitter on Thursdays. Not knocking it. I think it's a good show. The point of it is this. If we can become intimate with scandal or whatever is whatever's your show or whatever's your book or whatever's your goal or whatever's your uh the thing you like and you're very intimate with it, the idea, you think about it, you contemplate it, you're trying to figure it out, etc. Think about if you did that with God. If you put as much time talking and thinking about God as trying to figure out the next plot twist and scandal or the movies you like or the TV shows you like or the drama that's going on at work or with your family. Actually becoming intimate, just like you spend time on the phone, spend time with your prayer and your meditation and your study to learn about God in you. I'm not saying give up the rest of your life. I'm not saying don't go out and have fun. I'm not saying any any of that. What I'm saying is when you do the God communion first, you empower all of the other areas of your life. So the question is yours. How you meet life is determined by who you're being when you meet life. So the question is, am I do I have a prayer life that allows me to be empowered in my interactions in the game of life? Because if we have a prayed up life, We'll deal with a lot less issues. And when things come our way, and believe me when I tell you, if you're you're in a body, you're working through something. Depends on your level of empowerment that will determine how you handle it. Are you empowered to deal with life? Or, Or are there things in your life right now that are scaring you, disappointing you? Frustrating you, angering you. Because if that's happening in any aspect of your life, in that area of life, you're not empowered. If you're worried about something to the and when I mean worry, which means just negative contemplation without an answer, without a, a way of figuring it out then that's not empowering you. It's one thing to contemplate on an answer. It's another thing to worry about a problem. There's nothing wrong to think about how I'm going to handle this. What do I need to do to make this work? That's called good sense. Think about that. Your prayer life should be empowering you to handle that because you're tapping into an inner intelligence, a higher intelligence and power to help you deal with the things you're going through. Hopefully growing through. All right. We're going to take our last break. 
So, um, again, if you want to call, make sure you call in. Um, this is the last segment coming up. 888-558-6489. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Looking for the spiritual in your everyday life? Searching for meaning in the meaningless? Check out the book, Rants to Revelations, by Reverend Ogan Holder. Using his characteristic wit, humor, and storytelling, Reverend Ogan brings spiritual insight into practically every arena of human life. From issues of spiritual growth and family life to deep theological concerns about God and reality, he combines personal narrative with philosophical and scientific understanding to bring a fresh perspective into the life of faith in today's postmodern world. Pick up a copy of Rants to Revelations today from www.rantstorevs.com. If I were brave, I'd walk the races where fools and dreamers dare to tread and never lose faith. How is life working for you? Would it be okay with you if life got easier, simpler, yet more meaningful and vibrant? Join certified life coach Carla McClellan Tuesday afternoons for Vibrant Living. Each week, Coach Carla and her guests will share strategies and solutions designed to make your life more vibrant. Is there something in your life you'd like help with? A dream you'd like to achieve? A relationship you'd like to improve? Call into the show toll-free for Coaching with Carla. That's Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Central on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What if we're all meant to do what we secretly dream? You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. We're on page 112 of Discover the Power Within You by Eric Butterworth. Um, he go, he quotes Jesus who said in Matthew 6, 8, Your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. This statement should be the preamble to every prayer. It should be read in every Christian church every time the call to prayer is issued. And why is he saying this? He says the obvious question is, if the Father knows our needs before we ask his help, then why ask? We must remember that God is spirit. And he goes into all of those other things. So I'm going to wrap this up in an, in another way. He says, um, why ask? Because the ask is the shift in your consciousness. It's creating clarity and conviction in your mind because you're only working with divine law, mind, action, universal principle. That's it. You know, we try to make, oh, God is a super person. You're working with divine or universal law, spiritual principle. I like to say mind, action. Because when we think about it from that standpoint, we realize that what we call the prayer or the asking is just creating the clarity and the conviction or what Emmett Fox calls the mental equivalent in consciousness. Uh, if you don't have the little booklet, the mental equivalent by Emmett Fox, it's only a couple of dollars. I would strongly suggest that you go online and purchase it again um you know i know people are used to okay we're online and just listen and everything is free but you are worth the investment so my suggestion would be when i actually tell you about books besides the books that i'm covering if i if i name drop a book it, give yourself the benefit of at least investigating it and if it's, you feel as though it's something that will uh, help you get it because you're worth the investment because 
if you won't invest in you, why should someone else? Just a thought. You want people to believe in you, stand with you, work with you, believe in yourself, stand with yourself, work with yourself. Then the law is set in motion for others to do so. Likewise. Moving on. So it's about your consciousness. It's about your consciousness. So you're not asking God for the thing. You're creating the condition in consciousness to produce it. Hopefully that makes sense. You're creating the condition in consciousness to produce it. So if it's with God, all things are possible. Possibility is not a thing. It's only when you think that it becomes a thing. Uh, Reverend Coleman used to say when she was active in ministry at Christ Universal Temple and UFBL, she used to, she was famous for a statement, I am the thinker that thinks the thought that makes the thing. I am the thinker that thinks the thought that makes the thing. I am the thinker that thinks the thought that makes the thing. See, that statement is so quick and simple. It was the statement was was and is pure genius because sometimes the most profound things in the world are hidden in direct sight. A person will hear that statement, oh, that's good, that's a cute little way of saying and teaching metaphysics. Oh, yeah, I understand what that means. Eh, really contemplate how deep down the rabbit hole that statement goes. I am the thinker. I'm in charge. Who thinks, ah, who thinks thinking is is the movement of ideas and consciousness thinking thinking is 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 the 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 process of the means through which we form that which we have in our life i am the thinker who thinks who thinks not not random automatic thinking that just shows up and whatever this is saying i have conscious control of who i am i am the thinker my body not just dictating what i should be doing and wanting based upon my appetites i am the thinker who thinks the thought thought is mental vibrational impulse it's a it's it's a product now thought is the product of thinking thoughts are literally things. I am the thinker who thinks the thought the, that makes the thing. The thought makes the thing. The thought makes the thing. The thought makes the thing. There's no such thing as seeing a thing without a thought that came before it. Even when you say stuff that you say, oh, I didn't mean to say that. That just came out my mouth. No, it's somewhere along the line. You thought it that you couldn't say it. Because it's in your consciousness. Nothing can come out of your consciousness that's not in it. <laughs> Reverend Coleman used to say, <laughs> if you see it, it's in you. You know, people talk about, you know, these shady people, these lying folks, these people angry, uh, et cetera, et cetera. She's like, if you see it, if, if, if you see it, it's in you. That's not a judgment. It's just saying that, that you can only recognize that which you are aware of at some level or another. I love to use the example that a, a person was using profanity to, uh, speaking profanity to you in Chinese and you didn't understand Chinese, you wouldn't be offended because it's not in your consciousness. The understanding of the language is not in your consciousness. Therefore, you couldn't be offended. Offense comes from understanding and the judgment that goes along with what that means to you. Moving on. So the last point I want to cover, now he talks about the Lord's Prayer and all that type of stuff, and I covered that 
in great detail when I did the Sermon on the Mount lessons. So I'm not going to get into that now. Great detail. Um, page 114, he states, you ask for life by affirming life. You ask for success by getting into the consciousness of success. You ask for peace by affirming peace and letting the spirit of peace permeate your mind and heart. Prayer is not a way to turn on the light in God, but to turn on the light in you. And God is that light. The purpose of prayer then is to affirm our consciousness that which is true of God and and of our relationship with him, or I would say it. All right. So and then he starts talking about how Jesus used the power of affirmation, how he affirmed things consistently. Jesus was a master of affirmative prayer. You know, I am the way, the truth and the life. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world, et cetera, et cetera. When you see me, you see the father. But that's a powerful affirmation. I'm the good shepherd. You know, he would just tell people, be made whole. Just straight affirmative prayer, which gives us a secret of telling us if if affirmative prayer was good and worked for Jesus, then guess what? Hmm. We need to work with that. Bottom of page 114, he says, but when thou prayers enter the inner chamber and shut thy door, this is Jesus teaching of the silence, the dynamic concept of deep prayer in a very real sense, much that we think of as prayers, but a preparation for prayer It is the process of resolving the conflicts of the mind so that we can be still and know that I am God. Psalm 46:10. When we plug the battery into a charger, it is not chatter away about how much it needs to charging. It is Simply and quietly, it simply and quietly accepts the inflow of energy. And when we pray, Jesus is telling us we should get into the depths of our being and shut the concerns, shut out the concerns of the world and pray to the Father in secret. In other words, so we can refresh our own battery. So when we get still, we're actually rejuvenating both soul and body. Feeding it the one thing that it really needs, uh, infusion of spirit, energy, if you can work with that concept. So with that, I'm going to um, not go into the parts about the Lord's Prayer because, like I said before, I covered that information in great detail when I did the Sermon on the Mount. You can go back to the... um, the old archived episodes and see why I was teaching on prayer and go from there. Uh, I do want to remind you yet again that if you're in the Chicagoland area or will be stopped by Christ Universal Temple, um, we're in the midst of our anniversary month. I did want to also mention that we have an anniversary gala at our banquet facility, the Legacy, on um, August, excuse me, August, October 27th at 5 p.m. So, you can call the church for further information on that, and which is 773-568-2282. If that's something, if you're in the Chicagoland area, but you're not unaware of the things we're doing here, it could be something good to come out with, get your ticket, and, and go forward. So with that, what I want to make sure that you get out of this material is this. An understanding of what the title of this book is really about. Discover. Discover just means that you're you're on a journey, you're on a mission. When people are discovering something, it they're trying to uncover something that's there. You know, people go to discover, you know, if, if it's gold or diamonds and mines. They're going to discover many things. So we we've been searching. Discovering is searching. So when you've searched enough outside of you and in many things, trying to find the answers to life and and have come up empty because there are no answers outside of you, then you come back to being cause in your own life, discovering 
the power, the ability within you to transform your experience because truth transforms. So know that space is true. We're going to wrap up the show for today. Next week, we're going to cover sufficient until today, chapter 10. God bless you. And I'll be with you next week with truth transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Spirituality into your own hands? Bucking corporate religion in favor of finding your own path? Do you cross the boundary between religion and science? Or between religions themselves? Do you like a dose of humor with your truth-seeking? If you answered yes, you're what we call a holy rascal. Join Rabbi Rami Shapiro for How to Be a Holy Rascal, Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Central. Rami and his guests will engage in lively, humorous discussions about what it means to be a spiritual human being in the 21st century. How to Be a Holy Rascal, Wednesdays at 11 a.m., only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. According to an ancient Hindu teaching, if you can only speak the truth and tell no lies for 12 consecutive years, you can attain enlightenment. Resolve to be honest with yourself and others starting today. And after 4,383 days, you just may become enlightened. This meditative moment from Reverend Joan Catuso and Unity Magazine is brought to you by Unity. Tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. 
On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life.